0: Okay, you got your Bibles. You got your Bibles. Good. Okay. You know, through our series of the treasure in the field, I've shown you many principles, and uh, we said that the field is a picture of the world. I don't want to keep going over what I've already said, but we've all, we've said that in the parable of the uh, of the treasure in the field, we've said the the world the field is symbolic of. The world, this, this field, is symbolic of you, the believer, and the field is symbolic of. Excuse me, I'm, I'm feeling I want to burp here. <laughs> um, it's the world. It's the field. Sorry, the field is the world, the kingdom, and you as a personal believer. It's symbolic of three things, but inside the field is treasure. Yes, Matthew 13 is the parable of the the, uh, the treasure in the field. I can say I've been, we've been on this for three weeks and I don't really want to keep going over the things I have said. I want to move on to say things I haven't said. So if you, know, if you haven't listened to these things, fine, get the, get the MP3s or the CDs and you can catch up. This is a very important thing that God has been speaking to us. And we know that, this, we know that in the parable, God saw the, the field and he saw the treasure. And what he did was he went and bought the field. Even though the, the treasure was not visible to everybody else, it was visible to God. And God decided to go and buy the field because he knew what was inside the field. What do we mean by that? How did he buy it? He sent Jesus Christ to die on a cross. And by Jesus' his own blood, Jesus paid for the sins of the world. Right? So he bought the field. In other words, he owns the world. He knew that the treasure that lay inside you and me has to be paid for. You don't just go into someone else's field and dig something up and say it's yours because you found it. The field is belonged to someone. The Bible says that because of sin, the enemy rules, the enemy being Satan, rules the world. Right? Only for a limited time. But in that period of time, thousands and millions and billions of people are dying and going to hell. But Jesus Christ died for the sins of the world so that the treasure in the world could have an opportunity to come to him. Amen? So he classes you as treasure. In other words, you're worth dying for. You're valuable. You're valuable. You are God's greatest asset. Wow. You're God's greatest asset. So, and and what he did is, he shows you, he put this... Now, if you take that analogy further, he says for the Christian, he puts treasure inside his own people. And he said this treasure inside is inside earthen vessels. In other words, it's inside earthly people to show you that this power comes from God. So the gifts, the talents, the beauty that each one of us carry is to show you it's not yourself, it's from God. It's God given. Now, when it's God given, you have to take responsibility for what God's given. Amen. Even though life was given, when man and woman create a baby, everything inside man and woman is, is given to create a baby. But how many of you know they've got to create a baby? Yeah. yeah. So when they create a baby, then they've also got to feed the baby. They've got to nurture the baby. But all the time, the potential's in the baby. But they still have to do something to make sure the baby comes online. So the, it's natural. It's called care. Amen. But the Bible says this. Proverbs 15, 6 says this. You might just want to write these scriptures because we're going to look at a lot of scriptures this morning in the time I have available. Proverbs 15, 6 says this. The house of the righteous contains great treasure. But the income of the wicked brings them trouble. So the house of the righteous, there is treasure. So if you're righteous this morning, what makes you righteous? Jesus Christ inside you if you're a believer this morning you have the righteousness of God which is Jesus Christ inside you. Yes? So if you are walking with Christ, you are what you are the righteousness of God and that righteous that righteous person creates treasure. You're a house, the Bible calls you a house. So the house of the righteous, in other words me, my mind, my spirit contains great treasure. What kind of treasure? Great treasure. So if you're righteous this morning, you can tell yourself you've got great treasure inside of you. But if you are wicked this morning, it says that your treasure brings you great trouble. Why? Because you got your, you got your treasure from the wrong source. You got it the wrong way. Everyone understand that? Got any wicked people in here this morning? Not that you're going to admit. If you've got anything that doesn't belong to you, give it back. The house means the dwelling, the place, the field. In every house, there are valuable goods and treasures. You and I are no different. In every house, why do you have house insurance? To protect your valuables and and your treasure, right? It makes sense to me to protect. When I got burgled and it took over £5,000 worth of equipment in my house and, and created untold damage, I was glad I had an insurance policy. When my bathroom burst, or my toilet burst for some reason, I was glad I had an insurance policy. Why? Because I'm protecting my investment, my, my assets. So I don't want to sit there watching water coming down my wall. That's not the kind of river in the house I want to see. But, so we're protecting what we carry, what we possess. So 1 Timothy 6.18 says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. Let's say that again. Command them to do good. Not ask them, command them. To be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. Okay? Okay. In this way, they will lap up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Timothy, guard what has been entrusted into your care. So what's been entrusted into him? Treasure. Turn away from godless chatter. And the opposing ideas of what is falsely called knowledge, which some have professed and in so doing have wandered from the faith. So lay hold of this scripture in a minute. What is he saying? Command them to do good. So there's an action here. To be rich in deeds and to be generous, willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves. So this treasure is dependent upon action. Can we see that? So now we've given, so now God's given a field. Now God's realized his treasure. God's going after the treasure inside of you. Now you and him must partner together to bring this treasure to its full beauty. Can you see that? You and him together have to work. You and him together have to do something. Though he's put it inside you, everything he's put inside you is seed. But you have to take care of the treasure. How do you take care of the treasure? Is by doing what he says and working with him. Does that make sense? So he says, command them to do good. So this morning, can I command you to do good? I must be able to command you to do good. Not command from a bombastic or dictatorial sense, but from a scriptural point of view, command them to do good. Not suggest, not ask. Not well. perhaps, no, the Bible says, command them to do good. So how do you do good? Well, let's have a look. To be rich in good deeds. So your deeds are part of your treasure. True? Can you see this, church? What you do and how you do what you do determines the treasure. Oh. What you do and how you do it now, he says this, to be rich indeed, and to be generous and willing to share. Right there is an action that God's asking us to do. You're going quiet on me now. Command them to do good, to be willing, to share, to be generous. How do you be, how do you be generous? Well, do what God's asking. If you've got something, it's amazing when people's giving TVs away or furniture away, they always give the stuff that the tip. Would want well if someone wants it, I'm giving. I've got a spare telly. If you want it, then you find out all the remotes broke. Three channels work. (laughs) They always give. It's called a dumping ground. That's not called being rich. Well, somebody else didn't have a telly. No, that might be right. But your idea was to give them the second-hand one and you keep the new one. But to to be rich, to be truly generous, to get a spirit of generosity. Would mean, why don't you have the best one? Oh, you'd never consider that, would you? But that's generous. That's rich. That's rich. Because you're giving the best of what you've got. Jesus gave you the best. He didn't give you... God didn't give you Jesus, his second-hand son. He gave you his best. The Holy Ghost give you the best. But what we do is we keep the best for ourselves and give the surplus or the extras or the the stuff that's deteriorating to others. That's not being rich. Now, I know that this is a work of the Holy Spirit God has to do in our hearts. But nevertheless, it's a command them to do good. This is where Christianity is the road. It's easy coming to church, isn't it? All you have to do is sit there, raise your hands. Oh, hallelujah, praise God. Wasn't that wonderful, Pastor? End of. Sunday's gone. But you know what? This isn't Christianity here. This is called church. It's called a meeting. Christianity is what you live. Amen? Seriously. Think about, if you want to lay treasure up. Now notice, this way they will lay up treasure. In other words, they will accumulate. They will build. So, Let's think of the law here. By giving away, you store up. That sounds a paradox. Does it not? If I give... Well, I've got, oh, I haven't got anything in my pocket. Wives took it all, but anyway. If I have two pound in my pocket... No, darling, I don't want two pound. It's just an analogy, don't worry. <laughs> but if you give me money, I'll take it, because I never, never met up in the time. Seriously, if I give what's in my pocket to Andy... Does it, would you naturally say that my pocket is decreasing? It is. Is it not? But if I give it to Andy, and God says, by giving it to him, you're actually increasing. That sounds strange, doesn't it? But that's exactly what Scripture just said. By doing something, your treasure increases. True? By giving something into a pension, hopefully your pension increases. That's not necessarily true, but that's what they tell you, right? So by an action actually brings a positive result. So that's why it says, guys, I know this hurts, but once you catch the spirit of it, it actually works to your benefit. By doing something that you don't want to do, right? You actually increase. For years and years, I used to think, you go to, an, go to a meeting and they come for an offering and you think, oh, that's my burger money. or oh, that's my chippy money on the way home. That's me kebab money. And you think, oh, I'm not giving them that. That's my kebab money. And then God says to me, Tony, every time an offering comes round, you give. This is to me. Give. It's an opportunity for you to sow. So I'm thinking, okay, I grabbed hold of the principle and now I do it. What's the worst thing I lost? was a burger, a kebab. Wow. Don't will kill you anyway. Is that all it was? A burger? But do you know what? I learn or I'm learning to every time there's an opportunity to sow, sow. Because tithe and offerings are different. One is seed. The other one isn't. Seed is when you give above. That's when you sow. So if want, people think, well, if a tie, they should get all this money back. No, no, no. It's in your sowing beyond that when you start seeing your treasure truly rise. That's a principle I've had to come to. So then he says this. In this way, they will treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. So it's what you're going to enter into. I wish God could show us what, what the storehouse looks like. I wish God could show us what the inheritance looks like on the other side. For our work, I tell you what: if God could show you what your work is achieving on this side of the earth, you would work like Billy o, If you could see it, some of us are going to get in there just by the skin of our teeth. By the skin of our teeth, we'll get in. But others have stored up through their riches, through their treasure, through their good deeds. Right? This is what a body of Christ looks like. It's an active member. Mem- um, it's an active member. Amen? It's an active unit. So then it says, so that they must take the firm foundation with the coming of the age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Through your deeds, you create life. It creates life in you. Isn't it great to see others blessed? Well, it's more better to see me blessed than them. Um, That's if your flesh. It says it's better to give. It's wonderful. It's wonderful when you, when you see at Christmas time people receiving. It's wonderful. But when you're a kid, you're not interested in giving. You just want to receive. But listen, Paul says, when I was a child, I thought like a child. But as I grew up, I put childish thinking away. If all you ever want to do is receive, then you're still a child. The joy is in seeing people benefit from what you give them. I know this takes maturity. God's got to work on our hearts. The first thing I had to do when I was in Australia and he gave me an offering, God said, give it away. You're joking. No, give it away. Sow it back into the nation first. Take nothing until you're first sewn into the nation. So the first thing I did was t- what they give to me, sewed it back into the nation. It's amazing. If you do what God says, it'll go well with you. So I sowed it back into the nation. But it cost me to get there. Doesn't matter. Sow before you reap. In order to reap, you've got to sow. True? So through good deeds and generosity, their actions and way of life produces treasure. And a firm foundation for the coming age. So, I want you to read this scripture. Because this is a powerful scripture. 1 Peter 1. I'm trying to describe the treasure to you this morning. And here is the treasure. I'm going to open it up for you now. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. Therefore, he starts off, and there's a comma there. So he stops, he waits. When you ask what's the, when, whenever you read in the Bible, therefore, you have to ask, why is it therefore? Or what's it therefore? And then he says this. Church, prepare your minds for action. What kind of action? Well, there's a lot of action, but generosity, good deeds is some of the action. But listen to what he says. Prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. So pick hold, or take hold of and circle in your Bible, if you will, when Jesus Christ is revealed. Because Jesus Christ revealed himself when you got saved. But that's not the only time he reveals himself. Jesus Christ is constantly being revealed to you. Amen? He's not just revealed himself. He is revealing himself. He's unfolding himself. It's a relationship. I get to know more about Carol the more I dwell with her. And I've been married 30 years, and we've known each other for how many years? Yeah, exactly. Got more years than we got memory. But the thing is, is it's not when Christ is revealed in a single event. It's not a single event. It's an ongoing. Because he's talking to people who's already received Christ. He's talking when Christ who is revealed, in other words, Christ keeps on being revealed so that you can go from one degree of glory to another. And if this is where so much of church life finish, some people have only received the revealing of Christ that is a saviour. That's all they know. Other people think that Christ is just a baptizer and saviour. And then what happens is, as you go through history, you see some people see him as the saviour, baptizer. Now some people see him as the healer. But not everybody's always seen him as the healer. You go to many evangelical churches today, they won't allow you to pray for the sick. It makes them feel uncomfortable. Now, so they've had three different types of revealings. But here's the next group, saviour, baptizer, healer. We see him as the coming king. Amen? Yep. But not only is he the coming king, he's the now king. Yeah. Right? So, Christ is being revealed now in five different dimensions. That's just five. Some people don't believe the gifts of the Holy Spirit for today. Why? Because that's all that—that's the only part of Christ that's been revealed to them. But to you, you've revealed... A lo- Christ has revealed himself a lot more. You can, do you realise what once took a thousand years... How many years? A thousand. A thousand years for a Catholic... For a Catholic to believe, to, to be able to come into a church today, to get saved, healed, baptized, delivered, took a thousand years. Today a Catholic can walk in a church, get saved, get healed, get baptized, get delivered. In one minute he can get all them. It took him a thousand years of history for that truth to be revealed. A thousand years in the Reformation. Yeah. But in one Day, a Catholic can now enter in and enter into all those truths. Why? Because Christ is being revealed. They didn't. They couldn't get salvation unless the Pope gave it them. Then you had the Anabaptist. They got baptised. They believed it was a baptism, and then, which then separated them from the Catholics. Then people began. Then the Anabaptist then uh, said, "Well, it's." it's uh, Sprinkling of water, then full immersion came in, and then that created divisions. And then the Holy Ghost came, got filled with uh, people, got filled with Holy Spirit, and all of a sudden, true as Christ kept getting revealed, years were ticking by. The whole life would go by. That's why, when the Bible says, "Which baptism did you receive?" We didn't know there was another baptism. How many years had gone by, and they didn't know there was another baptism? So Christ needs to keep on being revealed. You can never stay with what you've got. The treasure must continue. That's why men have laboured to open up the pathways so Christ in his entirety can be downloaded into your spirit. But if we stop and we camp, that's why you should never call yourself a Baptist. You should never call yourself an Evangelical. You should never call yourself a Pentecostal. Why? That's where you stopped. People say, well, what are we? Just saying you're a progressive Christian. You're a progressive Christian. From now on, what are you? You're a progressive Christian. You don't don't label yourself. The moment you label yourself, that's where you stopped. We've not stopped. We're moving. Why? Because Christ is being formed in us. And in order for him to be formed in us, he's got to be revealed in us. Does that make sense? Oh, I love this. I love this. So so listen. So set your hope fully on the grace to be given when Jesus Christ is revealed. So Christ is going to be constantly being revealed. As obedient children, don't conform to the evil desires you had when you once lived in ignorance. We're not ignorant anymore. So go to Romans, Romans 16. Oh, my Lord. You cannot take for granted what you've got. It's taken thousands of years. What you see in the Bible, and it all seems like it's all going on in one week. Right? All this lot didn't take place in a week. It took place over hundreds of years. But when the disciples and the apostles finally got killed or martyred and some of them died, the the, the truth of this church went into the dark ages. And religion took hold of it. And it hid the truth's. You couldn't, a man couldn't even get saved unless he went through the Pope. And yet the truth in one day, thousands came to God in the Bible, thousands. But in under, in the Reformation, no one could get saved unless the priest, until the priest or the, the, uh, the Pope give blessing. Everyone had to get absolution in the, in the Pope from the Pope. And the moment someone took any truth and went the other way, the Pope shut him down or killed him. This truth you've got has cost people. The truth that we're in today, Christ had to be revealed in man. He had to reveal himself to a man so the man could go and reveal Christ to others. And that's still the same today. This truth, we contend for the truth and nothing else. Because what, even what we know today is still sur- not even the surface. Christ has still yet to full, fully manifest himself in bodily form in you. He has not yet manifested himself. Selfishness has not yet been killed in you and me. Individuality has not been killed in me and you yet. I can't honestly say I live for the gospel. But these guys did. Why? Because the level of Christ that was revealed in them is still yet to be formed in me. Anybody there? I am not the apostle Paul. I can't even get anywhere near this guy. But he wants me to. Because that's why he's wrote to me. He's not wrote, uh, set himself up on a high on a hill so that we can't obtain it. Yes, we can. But we have to surround ourselves by the right people who can reveal the Christ. And the dimensions of of Christ to us. Does that make sense? You can't get that stuff from anywhere. You listen to most preachers today, they're not revealing Christ. They're preaching self-help messages. But we want the Christ revealed. That's what changes you and I. So in Romans 16, verse 25, Now to him who is able to establish you by my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ, according to the, listen, their revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past. See, even he's saying long ages past. He's talking about the prophets of Old Testament to the New Testament. Then we lost, we lost a lot of stuff in the dark ages. So it seems like for 4,000 years, six th- longer than that, this message and its truth has constantly been revealed all the time. But there's so much of the world who doesn't get it. Does it make sense? So he says, for ages, but now revealed and made known through the prophet, prophetic writings by the commands of the eternal God. So that all the nations might believe and obey him. To the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. Now him who is able to establish you by the gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ. According to the revelation. So, for in order for Christ to be revealed, we need the revelation. We need the revelation. The Bible says that human, human understanding cannot work God out. It has to be God that reveals himself to you. Amen. If we could all work this thing out, why would we need God? So God has to come and reveal himself to us. Now he says, it's all been revealed through prophetic writing. The prophets wrote it and spoke it to us. Then the New Testament apostles and prophets came and they wrote and they spoke to us. But to you and I, we still need someone to help us understand. True? Can you imagine years ago, you had to speak Latin? Or you had to speak Greek? Or Aramaic. I mean, why, do, why does the church today, Catholic Church, still insist on Latin? And who the hell speaks Latin? Santos. You think, what the hell does that mean? Speak it in language, man. I can understand. Why? Because it sets them apart from you. And it gives the appearance that they're more spiritual than you. Yeah, like. Give it me in English, man. Aren't you glad that God created English? I am so glad that God created English. Why? Because God wants you and I to have full access. He doesn't want language to become the barrier. He doesn't want ceremony to become the barrier. He doesn't want the form, uniforms. Any man can come to Christ. The door's open. But that's got to be revealed. Amen? So... So the first piece of treasure that you and I possess is the revealed knowledge of Jesus Christ. That is the first piece of treasure. Now, we're not going to cover all the, all the treasure this morning. I already know we're not going to do that. Because I've, I'm, being, I'm, I'm speaking stuff that I never planned here. Because this is, this is gripping me. The first piece of treasure that you and I possess as believers is the revealed knowledge of the saving, of the saving nature of Christ. That Christ... Is a saving uh, uh, can't say. It, is a saving Christ. Yeah. The revealed knowledge of God, and through the revealed knowledge of God, He's revealing that His Son Jesus is the Savior. Yeah. So, when by the revealed knowledge of God, the first thing God does is point to His Son. Yeah. Does that make sense? The first thing that God does is reveal His Son to you. And how does he do that? Through the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, show them my son. Show them what my son did. It's for them. So the three of them work together. So the treasure that God has given to each one of us is the revealed knowledge of God. And through the revealed knowledge of God, the saving nature of Christ is revealed to you through the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? This is the first dimension of treasure that you have. Why? Because Jesus says, and I think I may have even put it uh, over here. In Matthew 13, 13, it says this. This is, this is Jesus speaking. This is why I speak in parables to them. though seeing, they don't see. Though hearing, they don't hear or understand. You see, church, there's two groups of people in here this morning. Everyone can hear my voice. True. But not everybody's receiving what the voice is saying. You can all see me, can you not? You can all hear me. But not everyone's receiving what I'm saying. Why? Because there are things that's revealed to you that's not been revealed to others. Not because God favours, because hearts are set. They're open. That's why you can hear this message, but never enter in. You can hear the gospel being preached for years and years and years and never become a Christian. Why? Because there are things not revealed because the heart is not yet ready to receive. It's amazing how many years people have been in church, but not a lot of churches in them. I am so surprised when I look at so many Christians and you say, you oh, many a Christian. Oh, 30 years, 40 years. And you realize when you start talking to them, how empty and shallow they are. Not a lot of churches in them, but they've sure had a lot of church. They went to a lot of meetings, but not a lot. Of, they didn't meet a lot with God. So he said, so this is why I speak to them in parables. Why? Because there's the crowd who's not ready to receive me. They're, though seen, they don't see. Though they hear, they don't understand. And then in verse 16 of that, Matthew 13, he says, but blessed are your eyes. Because they see. And your ears, because they hear. For I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous men long to see what you see. But they didn't see it. And to hear what you hear. But they didn't hear it. You are tapped into a generation. Because we've got the revealed knowledge of God. Revealed to us. Amen. God has revealed this treasure to us. That's why as a Christian. You have the software inside your heart. Now. Without getting complicated. Because I certainly can't get complicated in computers. If I run a Windows. Microsoft. And I download uh, a file that's been sent from uh, an Apple, Macintosh. One doesn't read the other, but the other will read the other. It's just the way they're configured. So I speak to to Elijah in Zambian. Okay? So I know a few words. He understands those words, but as soon as he starts speaking, he's like, shut up, I don't understand. Right? When I go to Germany, I know how to order what I want in German. As soon as they start speaking, it's like, sorry, you say something? Your job is to listen to me, because I can't understand what you're saying. But as long as I can help you understand what I'm saying, you can give me what I want, and we can part ways. Does that make sense? Yeah? We don't want conversation. We just, this is just like, I want a sandwich, so I have to put a sandwich. When you start complicating it, saying do you want mayo sauce or anything like that? It's like, shut up. Don't talk to me about that. Just give me the sandwich. Kaiser, that's all I want. It's cheese. Just give me one of those. I want it gross, large. I know the keywords to get what I want. But as soon as they start complicating it, we're out of there. Then the fingers start coming in. Shh. Sandwich. <laughs> Sand language always gets you every time. Does it not? I feel, like, I, feel, I feel like Zachariah in the temple. I can't describe what I want. But I've seen an angel. I want an angel cake, but I don't have to describe it. It's big, big, big. <laughs> so the point is, is when Christ is being revealed to us, God wants us to see what he's seeing. He wants us to hear what he's saying. And he speaks to us. I've noticed God does not have a long dialogue with me. He just tells me what he wants and he says, Tony, don't argue, just deal with it. He tells me the sandwich he wants. Just make it. Yeah. Shut up. I've learned to become obedient. It's like God does not waste a lot of time. He doesn't sit there and go, well, Andy, you know, you know Andy, yeah." Uh, I want Andy to do something, but I've got to find the right way to tell him so he doesn't get angry, and I'm trying to stroke his shoulder. God doesn't do that. He says, Duff, do this. God does that. God knows how to speak to Andy. He calls him Duff. <laughs> does he? So he goes, Duff, what, Lord? He didn't say he was Duff. He said, he's Duff. Duff. He just says to me, Tony, what? Do that. It's not long dialogue. I don't hear. It's not poetry. Tony, no mayonnaise on a sandwich. Okay, Lord. Why? Because God's word in me is the treasure. He's revealed himself to me so he can get all that he needs through to me and so that I can do all that he needs. Done. Done. Amen? We can't be arguing and waiting. The more mature you are, the less dialogue you have with God or the less dialogue God has with you. Yeah? Because you'll understand his spirit, you understand his ways. You understand how to obey him quicker. When you're young, the children are goes, "Why, Dad? Why?" You tell the kid, "Why, Dad? Why?" If you don't shut up without why, I'm going to wang you one. Why are you going to wang me one, Dad? So what you do? Actions have to speak louder than words. I just flipping, get it done. But a kid wants explanations, does it? When I was a child, Paul says, "I thought and listened and reasoned." Like a child. But when I, was, when I grew up, I put childish things behind me. So when we say to you, we need to do this, some of you go, why, Pastor? Why? Well, I think, I think, I should think. If we're having a conversation and dialogue, that's different. Sometimes we say, we need to do this. People say, yeah, no problem. Other people want, why? What's the reason for? How is it going to influence? Just get it done. It's the child nature in us. So, but blessed are your eyes because they see. Do your eyes see this morning? Do your ears hear? But what are they hearing and what are they seeing? Many prophets and righteous men long to see what you see, but they didn't see it. And to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. So it's possible to be in a room hearing it, but never seeing what we're hearing. Do you understand that? It's possible for, you know, my math teacher used to spend a long time trying to help me understand, but I never saw it. My science teacher would do the same. Higginson, pay attention, listen up. He'd go through it. Do you see it? I'd say yes, but he knew I hadn't. He knew he hadn't. And I'm thinking, see it? Flipping heck. No one sees it in this classroom possible it's no use keep going on and on and on if no one sees it yeah so Matthew 16:13 13 said when Jesus came into the season that, that came into the region of Caesarea Philippi he asked the disciples who do people say the son of man is they replied some say John the Baptist others say Elijah still others Jeremiah one of the prophets then Jesus brings the whole thing to its conclusion he says There's a lot of confusion in this region. Sam, I ask you a simple question. Who do people say that I am? Straight away, the crowds have been formed into three different sections. We've got the Elijahites. We've got the Jeremites. Yeah? We've got the... Who else is it? The Baptites. Three different people have... A different understanding of what they think has been revealed to them. So Jesus says, I tell you what, Peter, let's cut right to the chase here. What about you? You've been with me now, Peter, for a long time. We've caught fish together. You've seen the miracles I've done. You've seen all those kind of things I've done, but Peter, now I need to ask you once and for all what is it you see? What is it you understand from being with me? Who do people say that I am? But what about you, Peter? Because it all comes down to you. Jesus is trying to find out what treasure is inside Peter's heart. Has he got the revealed knowledge of God? And has God revealed to him the saving nature of Christ? Because he could turn around and say, you're just a good man. you just, you just, yeah, I, I see that you've come from God. But listen to what Peter says. He says, but what about you? He asked him, what do you say? Who do you say that I am? Peter answered, you're the Christ. Notice, first of all, he's revealed knowledge, revealed to him, you are the saving Christ. He didn't say that you came from God. He said, you're the Christ. He had to see something different than what everybody else was seeing. He had to see that Jesus was the way, the only way. There's no other way. That he was the one begotten by God. He wasn't just another man. He wasn't just another prophet. He was Christ. He said, you are the Christ. Yes, you are the Christ. Then he says, the son of the living God. So he's seen the, the saving nature of Jesus first. Then he sees the bigger picture beyond that, that he's come from the son of God. He is the son of God. Come to save sinners like me. Listen to this. The son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you. Why is this? He's not saying, oh, blessed are you, Peter. Why? Because he's already told them, these guys have longed to see what you're seeing. But they've never seen it. So, Peter, you are truly blessed that you're seeing something that others are not seeing. Now, remember, what you can't see, you can't enter into. What you don't understand, you can't lay hold of. This is why core key foundations in church, that unless we understand who it is we're serving, we will never lay hold of him. We will never enter into the joy that is set before him. We'll never, in- we'll never enter the rest of God. If we don't understand, this is why your everyday with Jesus can't take you into that place. It's supplementary. Do you understand that? It's additional, it's not the main, it's the sweet, it's the cake. It's not the meal. (coughs) We need to have the Christ formed in us, so we can understand him greater. So he says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my father in heaven. So by by Jesus saying, my father in heaven, he's witnessing what Peter's just said. My father, he could have said our father. And I tell you, and then he starts to prophesy to Peter. I'm telling you, Peter, that people like you, on this rock, I'll build my church. In other words, on this revelation, I can build a church. (coughs) The Catholics took it that Peter's the head of the church. It's not. He says, on this revelation, I can build a church. Not on Peter. Peter's not the, the founder of the church. My Lord, Jesus Christ is the founder of the church. Peter, he says, on people like you, the revelation that the Father gives to you, I can build a church. Why? Because you're, you've just received the revealed knowledge of God. You've just revealed, from the revealed knowledge of God, you've revealed the saving knowledge of God. That's only two dimensions. There's a whole bunch more here. We haven't got time to go in. And then he says, Peter, I'll build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Why? Because this revelation, once it opens up, wow. Wow. I have the power, through this word, to... Cleanse every virus in every system. Man's created with a virus. It's called sin. Sin, Bible says, leads to death. Death leads to destruction. Destruction leads to eternal separation. If you write that down, that's good. Because I can't remember what I just said. (coughs) Those things, you've got to see that death and separation are stages. But I've got the power, it says, through this word. To correct every system that's been polluted by sin. I've got the power to renew every mind. To restore every lost hope. To strengthen. To save. To heal. To deliver. Why? Because this revealed knowledge, when people get this revelation... It has the chance to reset the whole world back to the way it originally was in the Garden of Eden. Because we have the disk. God has the master disk. And what he does, he puts his disk into his system. That's you. And he overrides, he reboots the system, gets rid of all the unwanted virus, and he puts his software in. The God-given software. Software. And once you run that software, it has, the, it has the ability and the power to override every virus you've got. Every virus. So now you've got Perfect. Yes? It's not just Word, it's Word Perfect. You've now got the ability to capture and lay hold of and download. Upload, download, interface. All this has been given to you. You've now got the ability to store on your hard drive the thoughts of God. Amen? You've now got the ability to see in the spirit multi dimensions. Clearer than any HTC, clearer than any other kind of screen that's available, sharp screen. You can see Him face to face in the spirit. Amen? You've got the burn ratio. I'm going too deep now, aren't you, with some of you. God can burn his software into your heart real deep. So the burn ratio is powerful. Last scripture, because I can see I've used my time. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 8. Last scripture, promise. The wheels are down. Like Britney Spears said to her husband when she got married, it won't be long. None of the rulers, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 8, none of the rulers of this age understood it. Wow, could just part right there. None of the rulers of this age understood it. You know what? None of the rulers of this age still understand it. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Listen, and if they still would understand it, they wouldn't allow this rubbish in now, same-sex marriage and all that stuff. If they understood it, if they understood it, why? Because we've got a secular humanistic society. Everything's got to be level. Right? But then he says this, however, it is written. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. So he's, he's just backing up what's already been said. They see, but they never see. They never understand. They hear, but they never understand. But then he says this. Ready for this? But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. The revealed knowledge of God, the treasure, God has given it to us. The spirit searches all things. Why? Because he hates viruses. He hates the virus of sin living inside you. So he searches our hearts to get it out. Amen. He searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men know the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We've got access to all this. Access. That we may understand what God has freely given us. How could we understand it if we didn't have the revealed knowledge of God? You understand this? We could not understand it had this this knowledge been revealed. This is a powerful dynamic. The revealed knowledge of God. See, what's the difference between a theologian and a non-theologian? Theologian Theologian understands, he thinks he understands the word of God, but he doesn't understand that he needs a saviour. Yeah? Many religious people working in churches, in denominations, know the power of a God, but they don't understand that they need to be saved. They don't have this full capacity, what you and I have. Wow. We have not received the spirit of the world. But the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given to us. This is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, But in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truth in spiritual words, the man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. For they're foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Wow! I hope you've had a good insight this morning to what you've received. I couldn't have said this any better. That Scripture... Clarify scripture. I had seven aspects of treasure for you. i only want only give you one this morning. I want you to guard what you've got. Because not everyone's got what you carry. Now, some of us carry it in greater capacity than others, but nevertheless, you carry it. Let's stand to our feet, please, if we will. Do you feel you've received something this morning? We have to do something with what we've received. We cannot just stay at the level that we're at. And we'll look at this in time in the next coming weeks. I've got to finish off because Pastor Peter's going to come and he's taking the Sunday sessions and robbing my time. So <laughs> I want to finish this off. This treasure. You know, when I first started this session, this series, I had one message in me. Now it's going to go to seven, because God has given us things that we never had. The revealed knowledge of God and the, of the saving nature, uh, the saving nature of Christ, is just but entry level. Now we must understand what He's given us. The Bible says, "freely given us." So that's just one dimension. That's the entrance into all the things He's given to us, and I'll share with you the other things He's given to us. From there, from this revelation, we can now progress. Now we can lay hold of him. I haven't even taught you the seven core the seven core natures of Christ yet. Once we understand Christ like this, ma'am, we grow faster. We grow faster. We see the One that who's on the throne. We see because He needs to be formed in you. We can't just have Sunday help messages. We've got to have Sunday forming messages. The things that form us shape us. Amen. We can have all those things in its right place. But this is the time we get you all together. This is the time when, bang, we go for it. And form the Christ inside us. Amen. So if you will, raise your hands. I just want to pray for you now. I want to seal this message that the knowledge of God opens up to you. In a greater capacity. You may not know Jesus Christ as the saviour of your life. And I'm going to pray that you move from that this morning from the, from hearing the message to seeing what your life needs. And then I'm going to pray for those who have entered into Christ but have stayed at one level but need to see and go further. So right now, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have the opportunity this morning to speak with Him directly. He's listening, He's waiting for you to listen to what He has to, to listen to your prayer, and you need to say, Lord Jesus Christ. Forgive my sin. I realize that you are a saving Christ, that you want to save my life. You want, I've been a sinner. I've tried things my own way, but this morning I'm coming to you. I'm willing to lay down my life for you and for you to come into me, live in my life and give me a brand new purpose for my life. If that's you and you're praying that prayer this morning, the Bible says, if you're sincere, if you are sincere, God hears your prayer and promises to take hold of your sin, throw it away, clean you up, and give you a brand new start. But you need help to do that. You won't just do that on your own because old habits have to die, things have to change. You've got a bit of knowledge, but now you know, you now know, so you now need to know how to work and walk in that knowledge. So, right now, for those. Who are Christians. I pray that this revelation of Jesus Christ. I pray that the Christ will be formed in you this week. I pray that God will take the revelation. And continue to reveal himself. Through your reading. Through your praying this week. Through your actions, your good deeds, through your generosity this week. God will reveal himself in greater capacity than you have, you have ever known or received before. I pray for the wisdom of God to come upon you. I pray for the revelation of God to increase over your life. Receive it right now. The revelation of God is going to, re- is going to come on your life this week. You're going to receive him to go to a greater level than you've ever gone before. Because the greater knowledge of God has been revealed. The knowledge of God is not about God. It's revealing the Christ. As he reveals the Christ, you know about the father. It's not about information. It's about revelation. From the revelation, you capture him. Because once the heart has caught hold of it, you're never going to lose it. Oh, my God. Accelerate it right across in our hearts now, Father. We ask in Jesus' sovereign name that you seal what has been spoken this morning. Oh, and through the name and in the name and by the name, the name that came in a body, the name that was seen by the angels, was vindicated by the Spirit.